0: welcome to no sidekicks a magicians rewatch podcast where we'll be discussing every episode of the magicians in order and with a lot of feelings i'm dara i'm olivia and today we will be discussing the episode homecoming let's go let's go two one today we will be discussing <laughs> homecoming the 10th episode of season one written by sarah gamble john mcnamara and henry alonzo Myers, directed by joshua butler who's known for working on shadow hunters and the vampire diaries and we'll go on to direct five more episodes of the season homecoming first aired on march 21st 2016
1: The episode description is trapped between worlds. Penny seeks help from the feuding Quentin and Alice who must put their drama aside to help their friend before it's too late. Oh, boy. I don't I don't think that's a good description because I don't think Quentin and Alice are fighting until Penny
0: shows. I mean, true. Penny does cause their fight, but also they're not like really fighting until... Until, I mean, I wouldn't even call them fighting. I would say they're yeah. just not communicating well. Uh, yeah, they learn how to kind
1: of, the beginnings of communication in this episode. I I wrote a really brief
0: description t- just to amend that. Hopefully it mentions Julia and Margo and Elliot and Katie and everybody else in the show yeah. other than Penny and Quinn and Alice. Oh no, you're going to hate this.
1: Straight nonsense and the library. <laughs> The
0: library. We only get a library for a few moments. I honestly thought we had more library, but this is more neither land focused than library. I wrote, I didn't write everything that you wrote, but I'm going to steal from you and say straight nonsense and sex magic. Penny is stuck in the here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and Katie reconcile and Elliot and Margot struggle. <laughs>
1: I just want to come out at the top of the episode and say, I'm not, this is not the episode for me. I was watching it for a third time. And I thought Mm -hmm. if a person was like, Hey, I'm going to try the magicians and just like accidentally walked in while I was watching this, they would get a very different impression about what the show is about than like what it is. It's a very weird episode. Like
0: it's a lot lot at once.
1: It is a lot at once. I have a notes I have very specific notes for when we get into some of these scenes and I'm very, it it like the volume of characters that are in this episode that have not been present. In previous episodes, when we have been asking for Margo and Katie to come back, we're like, where are they? And we got like six additional characters in this
0: episode. And I'm just like, well, they had a budget for something. So many new characters in this episode and Margo and Katie are back. So shocking. Also, all of the new characters speak. So that that says something. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they were planning for this episode because you do need all of these characters to make it work. I don't hate this episode. I much like the last episode, there's a not a lot of new lore and world building, which I love time magic, sex (laughs) magic, historical magic, golems, the Netherlands, the library, all very cool things, but it is a lot of pills to swallow at once. But other than the sex magic, I I, I think it's a good episode. Is it like the best episode we've seen so far in the season? No, but I, I really love the concept of the Netherlands. I like having Penny not necessarily on his own, but not needing Quentin or Katie to rely on to make a scene. It's mm-hmm. nice to see Penny doing other things and existing in the world, um, especially since he is so set apart from the others in terms of his skills. I do struggle with bad coping skills, Elliot, but um, he's here. Oh, yeah. And he will... Be here for a while it's just snowballing since the last episode
1: i think maybe some of the stuff i'm struggling with about this episode i might figure some of it out just talking it out with you because like i don't know there was just
0: uh, i should have pulled up your uh, notes uh. to cheat
1: <laughs> hey my notes are up i'm looking at them i'm telling you that they've got nothing earth shattering you know what i think this is is like this might be a personal thing for me where this feels like the therapy episode there's a lot of stuff that gets in that gets in really deep and hits a little a little too close and that's why i think
0: i'm probably having this reaction they could have called it therapy coming instead of homecoming (laughs) also maybe since we know about the sex magic it could just not have coming in it at all in the title (laughs) I had like written a nice thing about homecoming but then the note immediately after it is sex magic is too kitschy specifically the coming at the same time garbage plot but I you know I I do like the name of the episode I can see how you can call it a therapy episode because there's a lot of connecting and healing being done you know Alice Goes home and deals with her parents. Margot comes home to Elliot in the cottage. Penny is trying to find home, literally Earth. But there's also the sense of homecoming being a connection to yourself and being able to share that with others, which mirrors Alice's struggle with her parents and also with Q. It mirrors Elliot's inability to connect and share with Margot. And um also, we get Penny asking for help because. Quentin is kind of all he has. So unfortunately, Quentin is Penny's homecoming. Oh my God. Oh, I don't need... Let's not skip to the last scene yet. I'm not ready. (laughs) No, I didn't even mean that part. I just mean when he was struggling, he reached out to Quentin. Yeah. Would the Penny of previous episodes have done that? I don't think so. No, he wanted to... a dick more than he wanted to live so exactly and now he's getting past that there's some trust here there's some uh, at least respect being yeah shockingly shown granted quentin still might be the only one with shit wards like maybe he could have gone to dean fogg but i bet dean fogg has magnificent mental wards but i'm gonna go i'm gonna err on the side of respect rather than um ineptitude that's fair okay Previously on The Magicians, Q is very happy to smooch Alice. Mike causes conflict with Margot and Elliot. Oh, hey, it's Margot. Margot still exists. Elliot murders Mike. Penny saves Q. Q saves Penny. Katie's mom dies betraying Marina. Julia meets Richard. Everybody finds the button and Penny travels with it.
1: So I want to, I want to note, because I think there was, I think this got cut from our previous episode. So this is a a me and Olivia thing only, Uh, but we had a quick debate over whether or not anything at the Plover's estate was necessary in the magicians. And I had been on the side of like, yeah, it is necessary. The previously ons proved that everything that happened at the Plover's estate was not necessary to watch. So Olivia, you were correct. You don't need to know anything that happens with that, that awful man to know what happens in this, this episode right now. So there you go. You just need to know about the button. Just the button. And the magic magic animal that gave them the button. (laughs) Which was it again? (laughs) So Penny touches the button and he pops out of a fountain that looks like it's like pitch black water and there is a marble statue of a woman with a vase and like a cup and i don't know if that is a mythical person but it seems like it might be and then the other thing to note about this scene is that everything in this area that he's in which we learn is the netherlands is very gray and i think that we we really like to talk about the the uh color schemes yes. and this is what i I, this is like very, feels like it would be a magical world, right? And so it would have very like warm tones, like uh, all of Bill's has. And it it just is immediately, no. no, it is very gray. What did you think about this, Olivia?
0: I wrote in all caps, <laughs> hello, comrades, we have a color change. The first <laughs> in many moons. I like this because the Netherlands, not to be confused with the Netherlands, is neither of the worlds. It's like the in-between of all of the worlds of all of the locations both magical and non-magical so i like that it is grayed out it is this neutral place in all senses i was so excited to finally have something (laughs) different especially since it's just like it's just an immediate cue of like this is somewhere new Sorry for getting all pitchy, but I was very excited. Also, the Netherlands is weird as shit. There's, like, classical art statues, contemporary art statues, greenery, topiaries, dirt paths. Like, clearly somebody maintains all of the gardens here for all of the fountains, and it stretches on for miles and miles and miles. Like, what a strange little thought. Who curated this?
1: Who who did it? Uh, That's what I want to know. (laughs)
0: Oh, Uh, also... uh I did a second Google during, we are like two minutes into this episode and we've had to Google something twice. The statue is, um, if it is not Hebe, it is a reference to Hebe, who is a Greek goddess of eternal youth and forgiveness. She is the cup bearer for the gods and serves their nectar. Forgiveness Um, is a theme of this episode. Sure. So is being, I think, in the prime of your life. Bouncing oh, forgiveness sure. in that stage. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, things I should have Googled the first time around, but I got too wrapped up in what I was watching as opposed to the symbolism. I, I mean, I get into a little bit of symbolism <laughs> later, but not with that. What a strange little thing. I have a very important note next. So unless you have any other commentary on the Netherlands, I want to hit it. Devin. Penny sees a person and he says, hi. He's like, do you talk? Mm. And the first thing this man does after episodes and episodes, months and months of Penny shitting on Q for being a nerd. The second he sees a stranger who doesn't verbally speak back to him. He does the Vulcan salute. Are you freaking kidding me? He's a
1: liar. He's a huge nerd.
0: I cannot believe it. He does the Vulcan salute. He says, I come in peace. I'm outraged. I'm livid right now. Incredible. Uh, This exchange is really
1: fun. But also, if you're like me and you recognize every actor you've ever seen ever, because that's how my brain works, you're like, pause, pause. Who is this? And she's from How to Get Away with Murder. She was in seasons one and two. She had a pretty big role in it yeah she's just got a very striking face so easy to spot anyways her name is her name eve sorry let me get that right yeah. before yeah so her name is eve she introduced herself to penny even though she was like wearing this big cloak um seems pretty mysterious so she's like very much interrogating him in a casual way she wants to know where he's from like what like he's doing here so you can tell that he's like that he can read her mind and she's like mm-hmm <laughs> No. (laughs) Nice try. Do you think this
0: is a casual interrogation? Because I'm immediate, like, hackles raised. I do not. Oh my god. (laughs)
1: Olivia, maybe all of my interactions with people ever is like this and I'm just like, this is a normal day.
0: (laughs) She just seems like way too interested, you know? Even though she's doing the exposition of, like, the Netherlands, the place between all places. Oh my gosh, you Earth kids and your magic. Do you know Santa Claus? I'm like, you are way Way too interested right now. Something is up. You're too smiley. You're making way too much eye contact. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think we're learning
1: a lot about each other right
0: now. Um, I do not trust like, her. This is a casual
1: get to know. Like, oh, do you know Santa Claus? I also know Santa
0: Claus. <laughs> it's like a, a greeter at a chain store that is just way too enthusiastic. Like, what are you hiding?
1: Oh, my God. Okay. You're, I know you're right because I know what comes after. But if I didn't, I, oh, my God. I would, God, am I going to get in trouble one day? Because I think someone's really being nice to me. Okay. There is, we get a really cute moment. We're not even two minutes into the show, guys. We gotta keep it moving. So there's a cute moment where she does mention uh Santa Claus and Penny gives his like really cute smile that we don't get often. And he's Lovely. like, Oh my god, Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh he's like, Yeah, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> Anyways, so she's really quote interrogating him asking how he got there and it seems like there's a lot of different methods that she's pretty familiar with and he lands and mentions or he lands on the button and immediately she attacks him she's like no which we learn a little bit about why later so yeah the button is already like a passport for trouble and i think we both knew that that was going to be the case just given who is probably looking for it Per Eliza. So to get away from her, he travels and he lands to another fountain that has uh, one of, it looks like an Egyptian god. I don't know which mm-hmm. it is. And he's visibly frustrated. You know, Penny has like said in the past that he really can only go places that he's familiar with or that he has like studied. And so he's really out of his depth here and doesn't really know what he's, what he's up against. He has a big stick and he makes this like symbol in the gravel. And he starts astral pro- projecting. And oh my god. Here we like, go.
0: This, the beginning of this episode is so like ridiculous. And the end of the episode is so ridiculous. I find the middle and the end of this episode way more ridiculous than the beginning of this episode. So he draws his little sigil in the dirt and he astral projects into Q's mind. Or for better words, um, Q's attempted sex dream involving Alice and Julia. And who are they dressed as, Dara?
1: Okay, Alice is Daenerys Targaryen, but, like, the words that are coming out of her mouth are not High Valyrian, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Julia
0: is, like, like, Slave Leia. Quentin is Indiana Jones. Classic. <laughs> Julia and Alice start making out. It is nice. And then... Quentin tries to interrupt them well he he and Penny like have a moment in which they're like me to each other Quentin's like why do you ruin everything in my life and I just don't care but Quentin's all like oh my god I respect you guys you're feminists you're leaders and then we get one of my favorite lines of the whole series Alice just turns to him and snaps if you could just shut up for two seconds the sex stream would pass the Bechdel test Quentin.
1: I love it because it's Quentin's own subconscious criticizing him like Yeah.
0: he knows. He knows he should just shut up. He knows he should shut up. It's so good. And the whole time, like, Julia's just playing with Alice's hair while she, like, attacks Quinn. Have we seen a scene with the two of them together yet? No. Yeah. Because... When Julia was at Break Bell's, Alice had left after the Niffin incident. And they were
1: never in that big testing room because Alice skipped the test. So this is interesting. This is an interesting first way for them to meet. Alice knows about Julia. Alice knows that
0: Julia is Q's long-term best friend and does not like the fact that he had a dream about them making out.
1: Yeah. And then that's the opening credits As why do you ruin my life opening credits? And I'm just like, that's the show. Freddie yeah. and Quentin hating each other.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. I know everything. The beginning of the sex stream part, fun, great, amazing. The second part, I kind of don't care. We have Alice being like, I don't know if I would say jealous, but I would say possessive. We have Penny calling Quentin a savant for having the sex dream, which I don't care for. But we do <laughs> find out some important facts. We find out that Penny has been gone for six weeks, even though to him it has felt like six hours. Big deal. Write this down. If you are struggling to keep track of the world building the lore, this is important. Okay, this is nuts because
1: I first of all hate time jumps in shows, anyways, but then the whole point of a time jump is nothing interesting happened while you what you, you didn't you didn't miss anything, right? That all means that the stuff that we saw at the very end of the last episode where they get back from the plover estate and they're all kind of fucked up. There has been so much time since then, and a lot of our characters are still stuck in that weird space Uh, Elliot especially it's been going on for six weeks Mm -hmm. that is bad and also you know I felt like there was a lot of the beast is coming urgency and then now you're telling me it's been six weeks and they have is anyone looking for Penny like what is going on right like wouldn't you assume that the beast like killed Penny
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're in like spring semester right now. Um, The Beast is, i maybe he hibernated. I don't know. I Yeah, I think the time jump is really interesting because it doesn't feel like a time jump. It just feels like a complication, which I like. And then we find out more complications. Penny explains that he cannot find the Earth fountain because he can't aim properly. There are three moons in the Netherlands, which we see later in the episode for like two seconds. And that messes with his internal circumstances. So he cannot aim. Which is bad news bears. I wrote Penny asks Q for help. What a big boy.
1: Yeah, good job, Penny. So Q and Alice go to the people that they obviously would go to as the the upperclassmen. the upperclassmen. Yeah, and Margo has returned to us from abiza Thank God. So they're sitting on the couch and they're like kind of briefing. Q and Alice are briefing them on the situation around Penny. And they're not Margo and Elliot are not super helpful. And like, things are off with Elliot. He seems to be tripping, but it's
0: really bad. Oh, he's uh, absolutely tripping. He describes the pills that he has taken. And it seems like his circumstances are messed up too because a glass bursts next to him. Uh, yeah. Margo is way more concerned with what's going on with Elliot than what's going on with Quentin and Alice. So she basically shoos them off and says, I'm going to deal with Elliot. You can yeah. you can go hunt down Alice's source. Yeah. Oh, there's this moment where
1: Alice is like, oh, I know someone who could help and and q's like well that would have been nice to know and i was like don't be mean to her she's volunteering like a a person that could
0: help save penny i don't know i didn't like that comment i just she also says that she hasn't brought it up before because they haven't been desperate enough yeah there's also a reference to the books in one of the books it mentions a world between worlds which is presumably the netherlands quinn and alice plan to go find um the traveler that alice knows In the meantime, we see that Penny is still being pursued in the the Netherlands. He goes to jump into a fountain and he falls through a book shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Penny's a book. (laughs) (laughs) Before we see anything that happens with that, uh, we cut to Julia's apartment. She is chatting on more or less a discord called Free Trader Beowulf. Okay. Um, the handles are Falstaff, Asmodeus, Menolly, Bender, Silver Kitten, and Vicious Circe. Who is Julia?
1: Yes, I misread it the first time, and like it's, I thought it said Vicious Circle, and I was like, yeah, Julia. <laughs> no,
0: Julia is Vicious Circe. Yes, um, clearly it's a trap room for the magicians. I could not suspend my disbelief that Julia forgot that the meetup was today. Uh, Clearly, she would be so hype. That was, like, just meant to be silly, and I didn't buy it. It also lends to the thought that she hasn't been taking care of herself again. Like, her Mm. apartment is messy and neglected, which I also kind of don't buy. Like, she's supposed to be on her journey of, like, healing relationship to magic. So, like, the thought of her apartment being, like, grody as hell didn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah.
1: It feels like maybe the early season writers took back over on the Julia path and then they
0: forgot to read what happened in the meantime. (laughs) They're like, oh, right, right, right. That's what she's doing now. I mean, it's the showrunners writing the episode, so I don't know. We find out that Richard is Falstaff and he's going to create some portals so that everybody can meet up at julia's apartment and he says that julia and Asmodius need to level up with their spell work before they can do the bigger group project i guess they're still using hedge which framework here regarding like leveling up yeah it feels way less like get a tattoo for every level
1: and more like let's all be gamers on the internet and level up with hp but <laughs> it's the same concept he hands her a bind- a literal binder of spells and it says says the spellbinder on the side thumbs up or thumbs down i hate it I oh just, my god i like... love it
0: <laughs> like, like richard it says was... it's right there
1: oh man she i'm on i'm on team julia i'm just like oh, okay cool <laughs> like who am i about to hang out with <laughs> me
0: it's the spellbinder uh,
1: okay well anyways i feel like that exchange goes on a little bit too long i'm like i get it okay move on it does it
0: does um when everybody shows up clearly everyone is very familiar with each other in the six weeks since we last saw julia clearly like relationships have been formed there's lots of hugs Mm. there's some inside jokes and then we find out that katie is asmodeus
1: Oh, and
0: they say nothing. And Richard does all of the talking. And it's so weird. Kudos to Richard, though. He's like, I do not want to, like, minimize the fact that there's clearly a problem <laughs> between you guys but like we have to do this we have to prioritize the magic right now
1: they're both on board they both like are silently like whatever we're just gonna like put the because they want to do magic more than they want to fight which is like kudos you know oh we haven't seen katie in so long i just <sighs> good this
0: year she looks good she yeah got her literal uh 2016 like hipster scarf and plaid and a little <laughs> high high half up half down and her eye uh cat wing eyeliner she's looking good so Fun fact, this is a call out to the books. In the books, there is no Katie. There is, however, Asmodeus, and she is part of this little free trader group that exists around Julia in the books. Apparently, I don't know how true this is. I read it um, possibly on Reddit that Jay Taylor was, Katie was supposed to die in the pilot but they thought jade taylor was such a strong actress that they fleshed out her character they kind of made her a bit of a catch-all she's connected to marina she's connected to julia she's connected to penny thus she's connected to all the worlds, and she can fill in whatever the writers needed that didn't fit she could do any exposition that needed to be done and she also fleshed out penny's smaller role in the books specifically at break bells like he He did go through breakouts with Quentin, but overall, there wasn't a lot of depth to his character. I think they did this rather successfully in the first season, making Katie a catch-all and still having depth to her character, still having her own problems. But this is a fun little call-out to the books, so I always like to bring that up when I can.
1: That is so cool. I didn't know that. Asmodeus is such an is it her last name or first name?
0: Asmodeus is just her free trader name. It's uh okay. Okay. Yeah. She's just like a little Spitfire in the books. <laughs> but very talented for being so young. Like that was like Yeah. So the next scene is
1: it's Quentin and Alice walking around in some development. And I think I think it's like Quentin is like, oh, I've never been to Chicago before. And Alice says, it's not Chicago, it's the burbs. And I...
0: (laughs) She says it in a much more biting tone than Dara just did, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I made it sound really nice, but she's, like, really pissed off about it. This is the point of the episode where I start feeling really connected to Alice in this episode, and that is probably why I don't like it. That is, This line is something I have said to people so many times. This is my trigger to be like, hey... It's going to start looking a lot like your life.
0: Um, <laughs> so anyway. I actually have always felt connected to Season 1 Alice. I have written a poem about Season 1 Alice in a workshop once. Nice. Yeah, I vibe with her. But anyway, Alice is being very dicey. We get another Vix. Uh, Vix, when are you going to tell me we're here to see you? We also get a TARDIS reference. We get a fun spell. Cibodeus, Planner. Planner. She's like, it's not a... It's not a big deal. Yeah. And, Meanwhile, and like, I this cannot is, say it.
1: <laughs> this is the difference between Quentin, who's so new to mute, to magic, and Alice, who grew up with it and kind of hated it her whole childhood. So it's polarizing to see the two of them interact in this situation. Yeah.
0: To Alice, who has grown up apparently celebrating all of the Roman festivals. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So this is basically um, a giant toga party at Alice's parents' house. They are celebrating the Roman Festival of Venus because Alice's dad has studied historical magic and is basically an expert in it or leading in the field, I would rather say. It's kind of a shitty toga party. The sex looks very boring and straight and honestly is too close to the food in my opinion. And like clearly Alice did not want to tell Cute about this because he's like panic or she didn't want to tell him because she knew he would panic but honestly I think it's just that she doesn't like her parents she has a bad relationship with them it's very clear so she tells him to distract her dad while she goes to talk to her mom
1: yeah it's a it's a lot too I think that Alice like knew that it was gonna there was gonna be a party because if you know the holidays you know your parents celebrate the holidays and you're like oh shit our friend Penny is like trapped in the Netherlands we gotta go talk to my mom
0: oh no there's gonna be a sex party at the same day like you have cue a heads up That's yeah a lot. What, what bad timing um what a bummer sorry alice but yeah you could have prepared him i know okay so we go back to the cottage and uh, professor Lipson
1: has got our fun little gadget that we love um yes. kind of looking at elliot and she's like yeah he's fine and she even says i can't believe i gave up tickets to hamilton for this which is like peak 2016 yeah. like like <laughs> reference
0: Peaks um, her gamble line as well. Yeah, I was about to be like, I can't believe you're about to skip over that line. She says, can't believe I have to give tickets to Hamilton for this. Margo says, sorry, you have to do your job, which <laughs> relatable. Yeah, and nothing's wrong with Elliot except a massive drug problem. However, Margo is in trouble.
1: Yeah, she places another glass next to Margot and it shatters, and she asks her to be honest and say if she's had any unprotected rituals recently, and Margot immediately knows who she's talking about. We do not, right? Now I know that there are unprotected rituals. It's I love. Like, this. is it magic? Is it sex magic?
0: What is it? It's so funny. I think it's 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 so perfect for like melding our lived experience with the magical world. She's like, I know this is embarrassing, but dying is worse. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about the unprotected rituals you've engaged in. I love this. It's so good. It's so perfect. I love in. She's just always like disenchanted.
1: She must be just doing. work for the money because she doesn't seem to enjoy anything so except for broadway shows and they're not cheap so all right we jump back to julia's apartment and we finally get the face off uh, between katie and julia katie's kind of trying to eavesdrop on what the rest of the crew is doing behind the door and julia like the little studious kid that we've known or we know and love as like we need to get started on this and on these spells because there's 12 of them katie's like i will not be forgiving you even though richard is all about that and the kind of level set and agree that they're not going to forgive each other and they're gonna just do these spells
0: perhaps it's not forgiveness but they do bond here like there there's something they move past here absolutely and it's when julia says that she thinks about katie's mom dying every day and she's just trying to make up for her past in the same way katie is i have written down kind of a sweet moment of vulnerability between these two so i was getting there and they get more vulnerable later which is nice but it's Mm -hmm. It's good, the fact that they both have amends to make. Julia's really tapping into that AA vibes with her letter in the last episode and mm. this in this episode. But talking about her mom seems to connect them, and so they seem to be able to at least move forward even if forgiveness is not present.
1: Yeah. Magic will bind them together. As will the Spellbinder. <sighs> uh, okay, and then we're back into the the library. Penny show is like wandering around and this woman pops out of nowhere and is like, William,
0: you're late. Yes. So clearly the librarian has met Penny many times before in all the other timelines because she knows his name and she knows who the beast is. It's great uh she does a little exposition she she says she's a member of the order the keeper of the libraries of the netherlands the greatest repository of knowledge full stop i I, love the full stop (laughs) i don't want to say any i don't want to say too
1: much but she's one of my favorite characters and like Mm -hmm. she it never this scene It never is not this. It's always this. This same energy, this kind of like cadence. And I just, I don't know, such a good character.
0: It's very like 50s librarian talking. Like she's talking like she's delivering a telegram, full stop. And she always has her hair done up and her makeup and like the same aesthetic, the same energy, like you said. I love her. Very much playing into respectability politics, this librarian. The actress is, um, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, Medina tova yeah um i've seen her in several other things before she has like a brief moment in Mad Men. it's so nice to see her here yeah and that's all we can uh, say
1: penny doesn't really seem to th- to agree with us but it's fine no, <laughs>
0: we, we can not. love her separately <laughs> then again she does call him william so quite <laughs> <laughs> his government name okay uh we return okay. back to the quins oh boy
1: Alice's Alice finds her mom in the bath and I swear to god I forget what her father called it but I'm I'm not going to say it. Uh and her mom does not like to be addressed by mom. She wants yes. Alice to call her Stephanie and there it's very tense. Stephanie does not want to talk to Alice because apparently there was a conversation that they had
0: previously had that felt unresolved yeah. to Stephanie. They seem to be at odds over how they are handling Charlie's death. That yep. seems to be the big point of contention. Also, another actress name drop, Judith Hogue, um, is playing Stephanie. Even if you don't know her name, you definitely know her face. Um she's been in a million different things. Uh if you grew up in the 90s you know her from halloween town but she again you'll know her from a million other things as well she's amazing it's great to see her in this i think she plays the um just past passive aggressive mom super well is she the mom in halloween Town? she's the mom in halloween town (gasps) oh my god (laughs) we're having a moment
1: everybody real time oh my god okay Um, yeah, no. So Alice, uh, we know this so far, Alice was really invested in figuring out what happened to Charlie really wanted that closure and just wanted information. And the argument that they had was that her mother is not interested because it will not bring him back. And she says that that is a perfectly reasonable response to that situation. And there's this line, she like, Alice says, what do you want from me? And she says, how about you admit that your mother is human being because you act like you're the only one who has a right to feel. (laughs) It's interesting because I feel in the situation, Stephanie's kind of being the one who's a little dismissive about like feelings like it feels like she's trying to ignore what happened to Charlie and so that line coming out of her is like so backwards to me because it feels like Alice is the one who's feeling, but it's like a two, two different people, Alice, whose feelings are very outward and like she's doing, she's taking action to kind of resolve them. And her mother, who is like not interested in, in solving anything because she just is aware of the reality and is at peace with it.
0: What did you what did you think of
1: this I th- exchange?
0: I think they're both in the right and the wrong here. I think they're both valid in how they want to deal and grieve, but I also think that the way they are reacting to each other is not valid. Alice does t- tend to stamp out other people's feelings, and Stephanie clearly has some narcissism that she <laughs> is working through. I don't feel good when she when Alice is clearly trying to get through Um, and Stephanie just shuts it down and it's like, this conversation has worn me out. I think we're done talking and I'm just like, yeah, That's rough. But I'm definitely not on either of their sides here. Yeah. I'm on Charlie's side. (laughs) Yeah, sure. After this, um, after Alice gets rejected from her mother, we return to her childhood bedroom and there are a bunch of wonderful things in there, including Mm -hmm. the joy of sex from the 70s with pubic hair, the Garden State soundtrack, a big <laughs> butterfly print on the wall, um, and also Alice's regression. <laughs> she yeah. seems to regress a lot in this scene. Um, All of her insecurity comes out. It pulls out a conversation about Julia, and it's it's gross that Quentin downplays his friendship with Julia for the sake of comforting her. I mean, he does do a good job at calming her down, but I think he could have done that without more or less lying about his history with julia i guess lying is a strong word here like he Do and julia he- did not have a romantic relationship but right but he had more feelings he 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 was attracted to julia at one point and he's
1: yeah yeah she wouldn't that. appear at the in the Bechtel test sex dream if that wasn't some sort of thing that was like lingering so like alice's insecurity about julia is kind of correct but you know what he's doing is he's saying like we never did anything in real life but my brain w- or like how i felt about her would have liked it to go a different direction so he should have like <laughs> elaborated on that part of it which is the part that alice is insecure about
0: right like again the, the feelings are all valid here but the reactions are not um alice yeah. alice kind of lashing out and bringing this up in like a hyper-emotional moment is not very good. Q, um, being a little less than honest about it is also not good. Yeah. But Alice tells him like why the stakes are so high. She's never mm-hmm. been in a relationship before. She doesn't know how to do this. She's pretty much only had hookups. And at the same
1: I know. I was like, poor baby. Yeah, you're right. Like, she's really regressing in this scene. She's like, places her back in her childhood bedroom and she's like 15.
0: (laughs) Yes. But it's, you know, she does eventually, she's eventually honest with him, which is nice. She explains that she was being cagey about Joe because her parents have a complicated relationship and... After she is kind of vulnerable with Q saying that she's
1: only had hookups, she does explain why things have been a little bit weird the whole time. Brings up that the traveler that her mom knows is actually a person that her mother was having an affair with. And it was very detrimental to her parents' relationship. And Alice even, I think she says this, like, she, I think she believes this, that that her father threatened to kill himself
0: because of this affair. She was 10 at the time.
1: Yeah. And she's, she, she thinks that he really meant it. Yeah. And then, you know, Q has a hard time kind of wrapping his head around this and he's like, you, your parents are having a sex party downstairs. (laughs) And she's like, they're weird. They're possessive. They have to do everything together, which is interesting. Um, given what we find out later. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's like Alice's point of view on her parents' relationship, which is like a lot to know about your parents, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on? We should move on. Go back to Julia's and we get some nice cooperative magic. I love cooperative magic. And we get vulnerability, which is great. Uh, It's like Julia and Katie are holding hands, eyes shut, and it's like snowing around them. And then when they break apart, Julia says, "That that was one of yours, wasn't it? Katie was having some memories about leaving Breakville South which is sad yeah. but they're bonding which I love. Katie explains that she was intending to kill Marina until she met Richard. So, that's a big uh big little news bomb there. It really <laughs> is
1: cuz that that's what we find that's so that's what Katie's been up to. <laughs> also um, that
0: would have more or less been a suicide mission in and of itself. Yeah. So, yeah, dark place for Katie that she is crawling out of much like Julia. Yeah, I'm glad that she ran into Richard.
1: So they also say that they only have four spells left. And that's a lot. They've gotten through a whole bunch. So <laughs> while they while they do their four spells, we go back to the library. Penny finds the books of everyone. And yeah. he's like, I need these people. And no. oh, our librarian says people who read their books find that they don't like the main character usually. Yeah. But they really like how it ends. So good. I love meta stuff like this. And yes. this is one of those cool a world between worlds where we're getting the book characters in a show in a book in a library
0: yeah it's kind of so, crazy. apparently the library that we're in has every book ever written including a book about every person every person who's ever existed has their own book apparently Elliot has two volumes. (laughs) Oh, I
1: didn't notice that. Oh my God. Yeah, he has two on the (gasps) shelf. Penny
0: gets all pissy that his book has flowers on it and he's literally wearing a shirt that is a floral (laughs) design. Such like fake toxic masculinity. But yes, I absolutely love this. Also, you and I are English majors. So like this is so fun and meta and amazing. So she won't let him take the book that he needs because he doesn't have a library card. And she apparently knows that he will get hostile. So she scans what he needs. So none of the books get hurt. And then tosses him back to the Netherlands with just a push of her hand. Like, clearly, she's a very powerful magician.
1: And it is the book of Martin Chatlin. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. She's she's super powerful. I love I love that for her. So Penny is back to walking around the fountains.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the morning after at the Quins. They are eating their leftover orgy food, including some special goat penis that promotes virility. Thoughtful of you, yes. Dad. Yes. <laughs> Very thoughtful of you, Dad. I love that. Alice is just like. <sighs> <laughs> um dealing with her parent it's 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 funny it's so good and she like you know makes eyes at quentin so he'll he'll go distract the dad again and quentin basically asks about the book that he's coming out with um about more historical magic. And as he tries to convince him that he's like enthusiastic about it, he like puts down his food and does his little his little Jason Ralph hands where he's like, let's go, let's go. They're just all over the place. So love it. And then we get my favorite exchange of
1: the episode maybe, you haven't even touched your penis. That's okay. I had a lot yesterday. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Such a such a throwaway joke, but it's still it's funny. I don't even care. Alice attempts to apologize to her mom. The sentiment oh. seems fake, but the yeah. words are very logical and processed. So I can at least appreciate that. And her mom was like, Alice, you make me sound so melodramatic.
1: Yeah. This is insane. Okay, so this is like literally on the surface, Stephanie gets what she wants. She gets the words that she wanted to hear from Alice, mm-hmm. even though we can all tell that it's fake and that she's mm-hmm. literally only saying this so she can get the next thing she needs out of her mom. She mentions Joe, the traveler. Yeah. She's whispering. Oh, I love she's Joe. <laughs> she screams it. She's yeah. like, Joe, I love Joe. And Alice is like, My father almost took his own life because of this man. And you're yelling about him. Aren't you keeping him a secret? She goes, No, your father loves Joe. Yeah. Oh my God. And so yes. Alice is like, not only did she learn all of this stuff when she was like 10 years old, now she's learning more. And yes. Stephanie says that they are that Joe is their third
0: and they are in a polyamorous triad. Her mom says that Joe has adaptable anatomy like a Swiss army knife. OK, so that's um, a new type of magic. Yeah.
1: And, and then, species. Um, so Alice is kind of like, I need Joe's help. And she's definitely thinks it's for sex. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, in a way it is. <sighs> Oh no. Um oof. but before we get to meet Joe, finally return to Margot and Elliot and they arrive at what is clearly Margot's ex's apartment to Margot answering the door. Oh my god, Elliot's like you see her too, right? Um, which is great since he's high as hell. And then a man shows up and is like, Margo, and I can explain. And she just says, explain this, you dick, and runs at him and then passes out. We hear the sound yeah. we've been hearing before the glass shatters and she just falls right down. They did this with Penny in The Strangled Heart. We, yeah. love, we love like cocky, angry bulldog energy that only ends up falling over. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, this is weird. This is a weird little scene, but we're gonna... Yeah. Let's keep moving. So the a next fun scene, little cliffhanger, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, what is going... Elliot seems to be the only person who knows what's happening. Um, so this next scene is either at Alice's parents or this guy Joe's place. It's kind of more spacious. It's, it's still in, um... Okay.
0: Her parents' house. There's just... They just have a lot of rooms. It's like a TARDIS in here, so... Okay. <laughs> okay. Quentin said that earlier, Dara. You're not <laughs> special. <laughs> We meet Joe with his deep v-neck sweater and his little silver necklace. I just have Joe. He's just a guy. Like, that's my note.
1: <laughs> it's so ordinary. It's just a guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's just like a conventionally attractive guy in a v-neck. He confirms that the Netherlands suck. And Quinn asks for a map and he says a beacon would be easier and that you can conjure it through sex magic basically it's and this is where the episode falls apart for me yes (laughs) i'm like oh i'm cringing so hard yeah he's like i sense a nice connection between your genitals there shouldn't be a problem which that part didn't bother me it's it's the fact that they need a globe some of their blood some candles uh wrapped in twine and to climax simultaneously i hate this (sighs)
1: This is the straight nonsense I warned you about.
0: Yeah. not only is it emphasizing p and v sex, it is also just like putting emphasis on climaxing. and that's just like we so that is not the goal. It's about the journey, not the end game. yeah. It's not fun. It, I don't like it. I think I think you and I
1: can agree that wherever Joe's from, I never want to go to. It doesn't <laughs> sound very um progressive they're like this is how this works there's only one way uh yeah no so this brings up like a conflict that Q did not know was happening Alice admits that that's not always the case that they can't always do that this is so I don't know this is such a boring conflict to me yeah he's like q's reacting to it and he's like so insecure in a like a you should have told me it's like this is her telling you this is her telling you I don't yeah. I don't know what you want from you've from only this. been
0: together like two months um uh, Anyway, I don't mind it because it's good to have our characters talk about stuff. And also, Alice needs to grow as a person. So I like no. it in that sense. I don't like it for what the stakes are. i yes. <laughs> not a fan of that. So we cut to what would be commercial and when we return, we see Alice watching Joe and Q in the distance. Q has a notebook while (laughs) Joe is doing his thing with his hands above his head, clearly um, gesturing specific motions, uh, which I do find funny despite how stupid I think this plot point is. Alice's mom says that Quentin seems like a lot of work and Alice needs somebody who gets how complicated she is and yikes yikes to that this is it's very passive-aggressive mom and it's 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 woof, woof to. Ooh, but the way that alice reacts to this is also like oh i can tell they're related essential though alice is like kind of pandering to her mom during this conversation and then when she gets mm-hmm. to the point where she's like you need to find somebody who understands how complicated you are alice's tone changes completely and she says, no offense, mom, but shut the fuck up.
1: Yep. No, that's how I know that they're mother-daughter so because that's so that's good. the tone. And, you know, when Alice first goes into her room and is complaining about her mother, she's identifying all these traits that she feels when she goes back home. And it's like this last comment to her mother is who Alice really is and not mm-hmm. the, the child that she is meant to feel like when she's back home. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm.
0: like give it to her give it to her alice like you know and she's able to do that when she's defending quentin
1: yeah oh that's a little
0: sad like do it to defend yourself it's okay it's Uh, we have complicated relationships with our parents it's good that she's at least able to do it she's saying like this is hers it's not something stephanie can control so
1: we go back to some guy's place the guy
0: the guy second
1: margo and elliot are all on a couch drinking i think they're doing shots they're doing shots and margo knows who this man is i don't know if we get a name i literally do not have his name written down i don't
0: have a name either but Uh, he says that there was a hole in the casting and he corrected it so that her life force will be protected and that's the end of it Mm -hmm. right oh no there's like a really good line olivia are you are you fucking with me oh i'm fucking with you i i'm i'm acting as if like that was the problem here um and it was solved no it was not it's it's very not good she's pissed apparently she broke his heart so he made a golem and she was like you made a realistic sex doll and he said i wanted a relationship <laughs> right because that's what she seems to be giving him
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so is really pissed and uh, Elliot is just providing commentary in the background, and he's like, You made a golem of Margot. Or Margot.
0: Excellent line. <laughs> Incredible. I honestly oh, wonder if the concept of a Margolem arrived before this plot point um, and they were like, we just have to use it. Or if yes, it, or if they wrote this plot point and then one of the writers just, you know, struggled with that.
1: I literally think it was the former. And I was just thinking because I was just watching it again, like speed running. And I'm like,
0: they just thought it was a hilarious pun. And that's how it happened. I mean, that's got to be it. If the binder doesn't do it for you, the Margolem has to. <laughs>
1: You only get two. <laughs> you only get one or the other. Uh, okay. as, far, so- as
0: far as funny word combinations go, come on. <laughs> the Margolum is funny. Yeah, okay. it
1: is. So, so while all of this is happening, like
0: Elliot's kind of goofing off with the Margolum and Margo's like, what the hell are you doing? Margo says that she's taking the Margolum. She's going to destroy it. And I hope no one ever spoons you again. I love that.
1: <laughs> curse. A good curse. A good
0: curse. I hope no one ever spoons you again. It's right. so interesting so far. Like
1: we haven't had a lot of like, what are Margot's like romantic relationships? We're seeing Elliot. We're seeing a lot of other characters. Margot is kind of in a nebulous state where we don't know anything about it, but she breaks men's hearts and they do spells to create second doppelgangers of her so she's got to have an impact so she pulls elliot onto the hallway and... Yeah, because he
0: starts doing lines of coke with the golem oh that's not good goofi- me goofing off in reality <laughs> they're doing coke <laughs> yeah it's amazing so she's pissed because she brought him to support her and he says isn't this how we support each other uh-huh. elliot the cynic is back it's not good he's laying into her the way that he laid into alice in the last episode so Margot decides to send him home yeah she
1: says go home elliot in like the most like bitter angry tone and it's just not it's not a fun t- she's right but i just like i hate hearing her talk mm-hmm. like that to elliot i'm like oh no but he's he's being a jackass
0: all right, oh, fun, next little co- fun little fun little costume tidbit before we move on to the next scene. <clears throat> Elliot is wearing this like black turtleneck here, and it has on the neck a like leather buckle, and it's shut. And he's clearly having trouble. Communicating to Margot to being honest about like what he is going through, like clearly uh, he is struggling, but it, it's just like absolutely symbolic of him not being able to talk about the trauma, of him deflecting, of him being in a seemingly cozy intimate relationship with Margot, but actually being emotionally shut off from her. Um, just you wanna- remember that for a few minutes from now. <laughs> We're back at the cottage, and Alice and Q.
1: Are trying to get it on.
0: Q is clearly jaded. Q's also just like, Wow, you're so smart. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, he's just like giving her all of these empty compliments and she just like stops and pulls away. It's like, it feels like you're trying to do a thing here, which I, I love. He was um, <laughs>
1: like, I was told, like he was studying in class that women like to be complimented, and she's like, Yeah, it is okay when it's real
0: yeah it was is terrible um and we get the line like maybe you should pay attention when we're having sex and he says i don't think i've ever paid more attention to anything in my life we also find out it's not that alice has been faking it like she has reached completion for the lack of a better term so sorry to everybody but Not always. And apparently it's not as easy as when they were foxes. And I'm really sad that we have to talk about them being foxes again.
1: I know this is the point where I turned to my roommate and I said, see, if you came into
0: the show and you didn't know anything about this and you heard that line, you'd be like, excuse me, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. And we don't get any elaboration on that, which I'm both thankful for. And also like, well, this is not helping them communicate still. We just get Quentin saying, well, sorry, I'm not a fucks. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, fuck you, Quinn."
1: <laughs> and he leaves. And he leaves. And I'm like, oh yeah, every, every fight has ever been solved by another person leaving. There <laughs> is this part where I think they're both perceiving each other in interesting ways because Alice is like, well, isn't this what you want to be perfect at it every mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. And Q's like, I'm never going to be able to get better at it if you don't tell me that mm-hmm. it's not going the way I think it is. And this is all true, right? Like, they have to be able to communicate it. But it's also just like, oh, I just want you guys to save Penny and I want it to go well
0: so we can just move on from this plot. Because it's so yeah, exhausting. Yeah. Uh, it's real shit, though. People yeah. do not know how to talk about sex. And that is yeah. a thing that's happening here. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's a bummer. Key's being a twat. And let's go back to Julia's. Oh, thank God. Back
1: to the tension of Katie and Julia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No tension. They do some I Jenga. <laughs> it's, uh oh, what's the spell called? Reverse um, entropy. They're getting along. Uh, They do the spell. They're pretty thrilled. The They're like, oh, perfect timing. The pizza is here. Um, Julia goes to pay for the pizza. They're like, la, la, la. And then all of a sudden, Every a clock in the background starts going backwards and they're like, What? And they're back at the entropy spell or the reverse entropy spell again. And it has this really eerie tone. And the pizza thing happens again. She
0: goes to the door and they get a second pizza. (laughs) Well, it's the same pizza, but (laughs) no, there isn't there one on the counter already, and they put it on top of it.
1: I'm checking. Go ahead. I'm checking. I want to know.
0: I, I mean, I believe you,
1: but I also want to just know. Yeah. At one point I thought like something scary was going to happen because the music was so intense and the guy hands over the pizza again, half veg, half meat. One of them is vegetarian.
0: Yeah. I do not. It doesn't believe care. It
1: doesn't care about the, no, there's no pizza on the counter. So it's really? the pizza.
0: It's just the same I thing over again. Sworn it, I, I don't like this. I don't believe um, it. Um, I'm looking at it. If you want to double check me. I know I shouldn't, but I really am struggling to believe this.
1: She hands him the money like so like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, there's no pizza.
0: Oh, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. That would mean something completely different if there were two pizzas.
0: Like, yeah. But there weren't. Well, I guess we'll keep this in because it would mean something completely different if there were two pizzas. And I thought there were two pizzas, guys. Yeah, okay, so... (laughs) all right so they're like
1: this that's weird i am freaked out and julia's like oh is this the reverse entropy spell could that have been it Katie's like no way this is time magic and you're like well if you didn't cast, if we didn't cast it then who did and then there's a bunch of cheering behind the door yeah so i think we can all guess what happened right and richard comes out and he sits down he says okay you've leveled up so now it's time to tell you what is up Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Are you checking the episode? Yes, shut up. <laughs> I need to see it for myself. I okay, believe okay. you. I just need to see it. Um, <laughs> it just gonna- started playing really loudly, is all.
1: uh It's at
0: uh, like
1: 35,
0: 26, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around there. Ugh, I can't believe this. I'm upset. Okay, moving on. Okay. So Richard comes out
1: and he says that it's time to tell them what, what this is all about since they've now leveled up to level 12, I guess.
0: Or maybe whatever level they're in. But yeah. And he makes yeah. another pun. <laughs> it's oh, time I... to tell them. God, this man, I hate him. <laughs> um, For pu- puns alone. Yeah. So he explains uh, that they've been working their way up to the energetic glass ceiling and trying to shatter it katie says that leads to becoming a niffin or worse and mm-hmm. julia mentions nuclear power so like this is clearly some intense dangerous shit that they've got themselves into richard explains that they all have a lot of power but they've also all either made major mistakes or have major temptations or flaws i'm not going to list yeah. all of them yeah and that they are Doing time magic to try to either change what they've done or to fix things in some way, such as um, Melody's Cancer. Yeah. I don't
1: know how I feel about this because every time I've ever watched anything where people are trying to change, like, a timeline, like a previous thing, it doesn't go well. That's, like, the general theme. Yeah. You change something in your past and something else crazy happens and, like, it's just, you know, so I'm like, oh, these people know all of this stuff about magic, but they have never seen like back to the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: They're they're playing with some messy stuff that is likely not going to have a good outcome, but go ahead. Yeah. I, and I think Katie and Julia
1: have like a appropriate amount of apprehension. Absolutely. Um, Katie's like, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. And I just love Katie being so smart and being like a person who knows a lot about magic without Mm -hmm. any kind of like formal training. (laughs) Like she's just very cool. She goes, Only a natural born time witch has that kind of energy. And I was like, that is so cool.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's much like they all have their own disciplines. Like you can be a time witch. So, we love that. And Richard says otherwise.
1: Yeah. He's like, so this is what we've, what people did before is that when you really needed a miracle to happen, you just harness the energy of something else. And he doesn't really say what
0: that means, but then he does. He says they're trying to get to the source of that power by summoning a god. Yes.
1: And the source is capitalized because I have subtitles on. So I was Mm -hmm. like, if I did not have those on, I would not have known that he was calling it the source.
0: Yeah. The things that people used to do for a miracle is pray. So they're going to attempt to summon a god now that they know how to do the time magic in order to source enough power to do time magic on a larger scale.
1: Uh, Okay, so we're in episode 10. This feels like the beginning of the big thing, right? We're like in Mm -hmm. the third act of the season. This makes me nervous. This guy who just showed up at like a rehab center is now like recruiting Katie and Julia, my two beloveds, (laughs) into some sort of like weird ring.
0: Not a fan. Yeah, of it, it's a, it's a big like, thing. It does seem like I feel like Richard would be the type of person where if they wanted to tap out, they he would let them. But yeah, it's a big thing, especially for the third act. And it kind of only feels like we're in the third act with Katie and Julia. I feel like the others right. are still in act two, like. There's just like a lot of fluff happening there. Like you said, it's been six weeks. Like what the hell is going on with the beast? Yeah, that is that is a major critique I have for this episode in terms of where it is in the season.
1: Well, and that's also part of the my overall feeling about this episode is that we're on the 10th episode and a lot of weird, seemingly pointless stuff happens. And I'm I'm like, okay, we need this now. And yeah. maybe they just couldn't figure out a way to get to the things that they need for the next three episodes. They had to have a weird filler, but like, it just feels a little too obvious for me. And before we get to wrapping up the episode and the the feelings that I have about all this stuff, uh-huh. we jump back to the Cottage and Elliot is, oh, and let's do it. Let's do it. So his clothing yep. at this point. Turtleneck. Yep. Unbuckled, yep. unclasped. He's open, he is, everybody. <laughs> very sweaty looking. Yeah. And he brings Margo a peace offering and it's like cookies that she loves.
0: He asks if he calls her Bambi and asks if they could really talk. And he says, I think I may really be broken. Little baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of Margo reacting that way, though, she gets up and kisses him, which <laughs> Elliot's response is, What the fuck? He's very confused. And then we find out it's the Margolem and not really Margo. Aww. My God, so like it was a sex doll because obviously
1: that's that's all she can do. Uh, so and uh, so Margo walks in and she's like, "Oh, there she is." And she's like, "She has a tendency to walk off
0: sometimes." And Elliot is like, mm, "What is
1: happening?" Uh,
0: we find out that Margo likes to appreciate her own ass when the Margolum does walk off though, and um, I appreciate that about Margo. She decided to keep the Margo alum in case she comes in handy, which honestly, smart. As long yeah, as it's not draining it is, her life force, hell yeah, yeah,
1: it is smart, and I think that's what I was kind of alluding to. Is like something's gonna happen with her. I know it. Yeah, and this funny little scene where she goes, "What were you guys talking about?" Yeah, and it feels very back to like normal Margot mm-hmm. Elliot dynamic. And he's yeah. like, "Oh, nothing." Got these funny Elliot, bitch. Yeah, and thank she's you, like, "Oh, bitch.
0: thank or she you." She says, bitch. "Thanks, yeah. bitch."
1: Yeah, thanks, bitch. So very cute. Elliot walks off and she kind of looks over at the Margolim and she goes, what did you do? Wait, is that what she says? Yep. Yeah. She said, what did you do? It's very well, what did suggestive. you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I just love uh, summer's facial expressions yeah. they're just her so good her um, delivery is
0: great um yeah. always I and it's a bummer though because uh once Elliot realizes that it wasn't Margot the first time yeah. around he does not try to be vulnerable with her again um,
1: well because it's this like let me be open and vulnerable and then oh wait I can have a second go at it where I don't have to be that way like I realized I don't I was feeling I don't like feeling vulnerable no one does right no. but once you do you can't take it back but now, now he can. Now and he, he can. can just
0: pretend it didn't happen, which is not good. Not what we want, Elliot. No. He's still being bad coping skills, Elliot. Even yeah. though he has apologized to Margot with a material object, it's, he's still being bad coping skills, Elliot. Something, thanks, bitch. We <sighs> go to the second level of the cottage um, to Q and Alice. Q apologizes for being a dick. Q asks yeah. Alice why she's with him.
1: Oh, right. Cause he's kind of, Oh, this is cute. Like if there are all of these things that I'm not good at, then why are you with me? And she's like, I'm not with you because you're good at
0: things. It's like all of gestures
1: to all of you. And it's like, it's all of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually she says, I don't know why I like you, but I do. (laughs) But then she says, I don't think we're supposed to like people for what they're good at. I just like, yeah. So that's, that is nice. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes what the real, problem is other than him being a dick is that he's not bad at sex she's just bad at asking for what she wants and she thinks it's really embarrassing so i appreciate that also we get the big i love you but it's tiny it's
1: tiny yeah and like almost like matter of fact you know yeah and
0: she's like oh Oh, and he has I love no her. idea. I it love happened. her reaction. Yeah, no, he just kind of slides it in, and she just says, "Oh, okay, you too, you." <laughs> it's the second you that really does it for me. <laughs> it's, it's so it's very cute. Even though I hate a lot of this episode, that is pretty adorable. It gets it gets a little hot and heavy. Um, yeah. There's some moving of the hands. There's some rolling over. Uh, We get a bite me, which, you know, props to Alice. We don't have to talk about it, but like, good for you, girl. (laughs) It clearly works. Uh, We cut to the Netherlands while hearing Alice and Quentin moaning. A beacon of light shows up for Penny to find. Uh, He makes it to the fountain just in time, dives right in, and unfortunately arrives to an orgasm. A very loud one and a shaky welcome back from Quentin. And the episode ends, thankfully, because I don't want to see any more of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I was just like, while you were describing this, I was like, there are some people out there with the right circumstances that are like lighting beacons into the Netherlands without having any idea that they're doing it.
0: Uh Well, I doubt that they have vials of their blood and a globe present.
1: Okay, I'm going to assume I'm going to agree with you, but maybe I mean, unless it's
0: like, (laughs) sorry, people are into some weird shit. Okay, I know, (laughs) I know there are people who like wear vials of their own blood or other partners' blood, so yeah, this could be happening, but hopefully, not often enough to convince people, not accidentally
1: god what a weird fucking episode it's
0: a weird episode again i don't hate it all i just really hate all the like sex and fox stuff i don't need it i used i mean i used to be a big quentin and alice shipper and i'm not against them but i do find all of their crap in the first season exhausting and this is unfortunately like this is their good stuff I know. (laughs) I know. This is like the easy
1: part of them. And like, it's really miserable. This Um, is like the nice beginning
0: stuff. Like, we all know it can't always be as nice as this. And unfortunately, it's just paired with some really cheesy crap. Yeah. You know what it is? It's because it's like Katie
1: and Penny don't have any of this kind of stuff, but they have like the deep stuff where they don't know how to like, they're where Katie's like trying to get emotional things out of Penny and he kind of resists it. And that's the core of Allison, Penny, or Allison, Quentin, but too. But Penny was like, also
0: lying to him the whole time. Yeah. So, like, none of it was actually that deep. <laughs> but I think I prefer, yeah, that's true. Just Penny and, I was think being I, deep. Poor guy. Poor little guy. I
1: but I, yeah, I I don't know. There's a lot of like relationship stress in this episode in general. It's like, I don't have any, I thought I was going to have more developed thoughts about this episode by the end of us talking about it. And I still don't think I do. No, nah.
0: Yeah. You already know my major critiques. Um, but I, I, I don't know. The... <sighs> The plot has moved in terms of Julia. The B plot has moved the plot further than the A plot, Yes, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: no, this was, that was kind of like the highlight of the episode, to be honest, because it was the only thing that was really a consistent thread. It brought people back together that we hadn't seen together in a while. Yeah. And then, like I said at the top of the episode, I, the fact that we have been looking for Katie and Margot, for so long and then we got like those four additional people from the forum and then we got joe the traveler the sex traveler and then we got um margo's
0: unnamed x other than the x i felt the other characters didn't stress me out it felt because it felt very grounded in the sets like All of the people came to Julia's apartment, which we were familiar with. Like, I was okay with that. It felt like set in this world and not a big deal. Also, they were like kind of pushed off the screen for a bit of time. We just know that Julia's in community and that's kind of all we need to know. Even Alice's parents, even though that was like a new set and a bunch of new relationships, it because Alice and Q were there, it still felt really grounded (laughs) to me. Margot's ex was a difficult newcomer because... It, we only had Margo grounding the scene because Elliot was just detached from everything, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that mo- I'm struggling with it because we've made a lot of concessions in other episodes where we're like, oh, well, you know, they probably had a limit of how many people they could have on the call sheet or whatever. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like, I think we added 12 people. And that's yeah. an exaggeration, but, like, it felt excessive. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's the act three like lead up and that's why this is like this, but it's just and yeah. then he needed need to feel bigger, but it was
0: stressing me out as a Marco fan. Yeah. <laughs> from from the behind the scenes point of view, it it feels very confusing. But I have to say, like in the episode as a viewer, it didn't bother me a lot. Even yeah. even the librarian um and the Netherlands. Oh my god, they really are. Me.
1: You keep bringing up other people, and I I'm like, there really were twelve new characters in this episode. This is yeah. insane.
0: Okay, let's see.
1: What was your favorite
0: line of the episode, Olivia? You go for uh, a Golem. That was it. <laughs> I had written down. Can't believe I had to give up tickets to Hamilton for this. But <laughs> honestly, my my favorite line was the Bechtel test line because that yeah. the the first time I watched this show back in twenty sixteen that like hit me, <laughs> especially because like the people I was watching the show with and me were all like, man, Quentin as like a, a white cis man is like kind of exhausting as the main not the main, Um, both as we've talked about in the show before, there are no multiple sidekicks. leads, no sidekicks everybody's ensemble, but like a lot of it centers Quentin plot yeah. wise, and so it's exhausting, and so this was kind of nice of Q calling out Q here, so yeah factual test magic is the only queer coding I need guest moment
1: I really don't have one I literally think this was the straight nonsense episode what was did you
0: have one I have two okay let's go yeah um Swiss Army genitals and Margo checking out her own ass okay that's fine mixed feelings about the Swiss Army genitals I but I did see in a in a certain
1: context that being very much queer coded I think in the way that Stephanie
0: says it I'm like what are you doing? Yeah, when she's like, your dad realized Joe could work for him too. <laughs> yeah, uh, not great. Woof. But okay, have you watched The Good Place? Yes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it just makes me think of um Derek with ha- having wind chimes instead of a penis. <laughs> yeah Yeah. Um, oh my
1: god! And also, just Janet, not a girl,
0: not, not a, girl. a girl. Nope. Uh, not a robot. What a good- not a girl
1: not a girl oh my god
0: okay olivia what has you spellbound Uh, the fact that every person has their own book Mm. i love this i love this so much
1: i i think mine is the library existing and just that elliot or not elliot that penny qualifies as a book uh i just like i just imagine that being like is a book not a book and then it's like penny
0: lands on it's like book. he goes it
1: i don't know
0: You think that there would be some sort of spell on that to detect that it's a book, but it's definitely just like something heavy landed on this. Whoosh.
1: Oh, man. Anyways. Yeah, no. So I enjoy, I enjoy like liminal spaces in like fantasy media. A lot of like things have done it. So it's not a very original trope, but I do enjoy when they make it really dull. And I think, I think that's great. They're just, there's just an in-between space and it's the most boring looking library you've ever
0: seen. And I love that. It's technically a library existing in the in-between space. They like built it.
1: Oh, and they also, she even mentioned that like those people that were kind of chasing um, Penny around used to work for the library, but now Mm -hmm. are employed by someone
0: else, which is like... And they're not allowed to use the fountains. They cannot use the fountains. They've been banned. Um, Right. So yeah. So that is something to hold on to for next week. And also the prospect of possibly summoning a god.
1: You're right. I'm just nervous. I just would like to sit here and not think about it yet.
0: I mean, <laughs> so like gonna- it's fine for you to be nervous. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if if you were right. like, we're summoning a God on the podcast next week, I would be like, I'm a little anxious about that. I would <laughs> I like to do, showing up. <laughs> I would like to, to have a little more thorough background. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Can we try it again in another six weeks? All right. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at NoSideKicksPod on Instagram or send us an email at NoSideKicksPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay magical or whatever. Yeah, who knows where we'll see you next week. Oh, I know. There's so many locations. <laughs> <laughs>